Welcome to the Herd Quitter Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lumen. On this show, we talk to farmers and ranchers who aren't afraid to think for themselves and do things a little bit differently. We hope these guests will challenge you to look at your farms and ranches in a new way and result in a more profitable and enjoyable business for you and your family. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Herd Quitter Podcast. Uh, This is Jared Lumen again, and I am going to do a solo episode. I was going through some of my messages that I've gotten from a lot of my listeners, which I always appreciate message. I appreciate comments, compliments, questions, uh, constructive criticism, all are welcome. But I was looking back and I've gotten a lot of questions from folks in the past, many of which were, uh, are questions that I get often, you know, kind of repeating or overarching questions that I hear a lot from guests or excuse me, from listeners. And I will continue to take those and do my best to respond to all of them. Um, But I thought maybe if these are questions that a lot of people are asking, that maybe I might be interesting to answer them on a podcast. And so I've kind of, uh, without, you know, saying specifically, you know, the question that was, you know, reading the question directly out of the message and and saying who it was, I've kind of gotten some high level questions that are ones that I tend to get a lot. Um, And I thought it might be interesting to walk through though, through those. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, But before I do that, I wanted to throw another plug for some cattle that we have for sale. If you guys are interested, I was just going to mention again, we've got 80, 100 plus bred cows that we plan to sell this fall after weaning. We've already got a group sorted out. And once we wean the calves, we're going to preg check them. We turned out the bulls for early April calving. So we'll have kind of April, May calving uh, registered red Angus cows. These are cows that were out of our herd that we've been PCC cooperative producers for 15 years or so. And so they're, you know, quality low input genetics. And if that's something that you're interested in, you know, getting a starter herd of these type of cows, uh, feel free to reach out. You can send me an email at herdquitterpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on social media, you know, herdquitterpodcast on Instagram or, or uh, Facebook, or you can send me a message on Twitter. And that's just Jared Lumen. You can find me on Twitter there. But uh, uh, enough uh, shameless plugs. <laughs> we'll kind of get into a few of the questions that we've got uh, that I thought I'd go through today. And I'm not sure how many of these I'll go through. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, questions that I could go through, um, but I don't know if we'll get through them at all here or not. And you're going to have to forgive me and work with me. I haven't really put much thought into how I'm going to answer these um, or anything. I've just kind of laid them out and uh, we'll see where this conversation goes. Or I don't even know if I can call it a conversation if I'm just talking to myself, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, the first question that I thought I would address and is probably one of the most often asked questions from people is uh, about the resources that I ask about at the end of every episode. So at the end of every episode, I try to, and I've forgotten sometimes, and sometimes I have repeat guests and I won't ask them again, but I'll try to ask them if they have one, two, three, whatever, you know, recommendations that they think are incredibly important in their career that they would recommend other people check out. And uh, the reason why is because, you know, I'm now talked to over 100 different people. And 
everybody's got different experiences and different resources that were important to them that many of us may not have heard of. So I will try to pull those out of every guest. And I have a list. I have a spreadsheet where I kind of keep track of them all. And I haven't figured out exactly where to share it or how to share it. And maybe sometime I will find a good way to do that. But uh, I've got uh, I've got a list that I'm keeping track of. And so I thought I'd share some of the most listened to ones because I can't list every single resource that people have recommended. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a couple seconds here to take a guess on what you think the most mentioned uh, resource would be. Um, it probably won't come to a surprise to you that the Ranching for Profit School was the number one mentioned resource. And, and I'll also mention that that's what I kept track of from the last little clip in the in the conversation when I asked specifically about resources. Even more people have probably mentioned it throughout the conversation, but I didn't mention it or I didn't record it as a recommend a resource recommendation. Um, but 21 people have specifically in the resource recommendations recommended uh, the Ranching for Profit School as a resource that everybody should check out, and I tend to agree. I don't remember which episode it was. I can try and look it up here while I, I talk. Uh, but I actually did a podcast while I was at the Ranching for Profit School last April, I believe, down in Oklahoma. And uh, every day after the class, I would go to my hotel room and kind of just talk about what we talked about that day, essentially. And uh, so that was episode 65 on May 2nd of 2022 when I released that. And so at the end of every day, I would just kind of go and record a couple minutes snippet of what we talked about that day. And so if you're interested in that school or you want to learn more about what the Ranching for Profit School entails, um, I'd recommend going back and listening to that episode again, episode 65, where I go in depth kind of, uh, you know, on what is going on in each day of the class. But it's a really good ranch business school. Um, they cram into seven days a ton of information about people management, land and resource management, and obviously uh, business management and so definitely worth going to it's not cheap it's an investment of both time and money it's a full week you oftentimes have to travel unless you happen to live close by one but i would say for anybody who wants to take you know their farm or ranch and turn it into a true business or considers themselves to be operating a true business that that school is something that should be invested into and recognize that it will benefit them in the long term. Something that kind of goes along with that, it wasn't actually one of the top recommended resources, but it's one of my personal favorites. In fact, it is my personal favorite book is The Turnaround, A Rancher's Story, written by Dave Pratt, who's actually the previous owner of Ranching for Profit. And that goes in depth on pretty much all of what the school talks. It, it, it's a book about, about all of the things that are talked about in the school. And the school will obviously go more in depth and you have a lot more conversation and engagement from that the school itself but it's uh the the book is phenomenal and and i have two copies i've read it multiple times and it's my personal number one recommendation when people reach out to me about anything you know related to ranching or questions i say you got to read this book i think it's a definitely a needed needed read um the next listen to or the next top recommended resource is the stockman grass farmer that's a magazine. There were 16 people that recommended that. Uh, Holistic Management and or Alan Savory, I kind of roped into one and that had 14 recommendations. That's the third highest recommendations. Soil Health Academy, Jim Garish uh, in his books and then Dirt to Soil by Gabe Brown, all tied for the 
next most recommended resource with 10 recommendations each. Um, funny enough, oh, not quite yet to, to that one. Uh, the next would be Alan Nation, and he's got a ton of books, and sometimes people recommended a specific book. The most recommended was Land, Livestock, and Life, but he's got a bunch of books all worth reading. Um, the next most recommended book, uh, believe it or not, was the Herd Quitter Podcast. Uh, the, the next uh, most recommended resource, I should say, was the Herd Quitter Podcast. So I don't need to tell all of you listening that uh, this is a good resource, but I will take this moment just to say thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, then uh, after that, I won't you know go into the specifics, but a few of the more uh, popular recommendations after that were the Working Cows Podcast, Obviously a fantastic recommendation. Clay does an amazing job and he's a big reason of the uh, part of the reason why I'm doing this in the first place. Um, your state or local or national uh, grazing lands coalition was one. Uh, Doug Ferguson's school, which I've attended and is a phenomenal resource, uh, well worth, uh, worth it as well, along with Wally Olson's school was up there um, and the Ranching Reboot podcast. So um, there were a ton more recommendations. Like I said, I, I've gotten anywhere from two to seven recommendations from each guest, and I've had over 100. So there's a lot more recommendations that I could get into. And if anyone has a good idea for how to share that list, maybe I should do it on social media somehow. Um, I'll, I'll try and do that. But uh, listen in at the end of every episode to get those resource recommendations. Otherwise, uh, those are the tops. So uh, there's that. All right, moving on to the next question. So this is a question that I get a lot, and, and I'll preface this by saying that I'm not an expert. I uh, I get people on the podcast. I started this podcast not to share my wealth of knowledge and my wisdom. I'm 29 years old. I started this at 27 years old. I have very limited amount of experience. I've been home on my family's farm for eight years, and so I'm no expert. But I really do appreciate when people ask me questions. I hope that I can provide value to them, you know, through my answers and also through the podcast when I get good guests on. Um, but I just wanted to preface this by saying I'm not an expert. So, you know, my answers take with a grain of salt. But uh, one of the most popular questions that I, I get often from people are along the lines of, you know, I want to start ranching. I want to get into the cattle industry. How would you recommend that I do that? And uh, I've had a lot of great guests on the podcast who have done just that, who have started from scratch and built a business from nothing. And so, you know, definitely go back and check those out and listen to the people who have actually done it. But that doesn't mean I, I guess I haven't learned something from them or haven't don't have anything to share. And so one thing that I would say on that question of how do I get into the business that I would recommend right off the bat is just having a mindset that or an understanding that being in the cattle business or in the cattle industry does not necessarily mean you own either land or livestock. And that sounds crazy that you can be in the cattle business without being uh, an owner of any cattle or land. Maybe it doesn't sound right or sound accurate, or maybe there's some personal hang-up that you, you feel like you need to own something like that to be in the cattle business, and, and that's simply not true. And in fact, I would say if you focus first and foremost on, you know, I want to go in and I want to buy all these assets that I have to become a rancher. I want to buy tractors. I want to buy hang equipment. I want to buy cattle. I want to buy land. Um, you likely will be out of the business about as quick as you got into it, unless you have a lot of income coming in from off the ranch or a big chunk of money that you're going to drop right off the start. So, um, maybe then you can make something work. But if you're trying to start from scratch and kind of bootstrap this business model, um, trying to get in and buy everything right off the bat is probably not the best way you're going to do it. 
Um, there's a couple books that I would recommend that kind of go along with this. And one is by Alan Nation, and I think it's called Pastor Prophet. I'm not sure. I Forgive me on that. There's He wrote a book that uh, talks about this, but then Greg Judy uh, wrote No Risk Ranching, and that's probably the book on how to do this. It's No Risk Ranching. I don't remember exactly what the subtitle is, but it's about custom grazing other people's cattle on leased land. And he's built his ranch business, which now consists of, I want to say, 1,600 acres in Missouri. Many of it is owned now uh, with a large group or herd of livestock that he now owns. He started that, custom grazing other people's cattle on leased land. He gets paid by the livestock owner for his time, and he takes a little small portion of that pay and uses that to pay for the land that he leases from other people. And much of that land he actually got for little to no money because he was providing a service for the landowners. And so that's a book worth reading. And, you know, you may say that, you know, I can't go out and find a bunch of brushy scrub ground in the woods of Missouri like him. And that's possibly true, you know, but every area has probably got some advantage, something that you can find uh, to get started. When I talked to Sage Askin, he talked about, I think his first lease was something that really, it was available because nobody wanted it. Uh, You know, people don't want to mess with that. In my area, I'm in an area that's got a lot of cropland around me. And a lot of these crop farmers don't really care to deal with livestock. And so they've got these little chunks of 40 acres uh, of pasture that they can't put into crops. And they, uh, they, so it's in pasture and they don't really want to run pasture. Maybe that's your in is finding some land that the farmer doesn't really want to operate, but has and owns, um, you know, and finding a way to get a reasonable rent and bring in some custom cattle or something, you know, that can be a, a way to get started or finding a retiring couple, uh, that you can, uh, you know, lease land that they want to see land passed on to the next generation and not just go to the next, the neighboring big ranch or something, you know, find some access to land that you can rent or lease for a reasonable rate and bring in some custom cattle to get started. I think that's a fantastic way to start. But whether, you know, after you've done that and you've built uh, an operating business that's generating some revenue, at that point, you can start to invest into other assets, be it livestock uh, or equipment, if that's part of your business model or ultimately land. You know, I actually know many people who they've owned livestock, they've been in the position of having equity tied up in livestock, and they've moved out of that position to custom grazing cattle because they found that business model to be more profitable or more enjoyable or less risky. And so don't feel like the next step has to be owning livestock. Maybe once you built an operating business, you never actually get into the business of owning livestock at all. Um, and you can take your excess capital and start investing it into some sort of a land base. I think that's a, uh, you know, a perfectly viable option. Just get out of this mindset, I guess, that you have to own everything. So that's one thought I guess I have on starting a ranch business um, from scratch. Uh, The other thing is there's nothing wrong with taking outside capital, uh, whether it's a lump sum that you've inherited or, you know, taking money from your off-farm job or anything and reinvesting it into a ranch. But the idea behind reinvesting, uh, specifically the, the term investing, In my mind, what investing means is that you are generating a return with that capital. So every dollar that you invest from off the ranch has to generate a return. That doesn't mean buying something that doesn't, essentially what that means is that you don't buy something that doesn't generate a return. If you can generate a higher return custom grazing cattle than you can owning cattle, 
then buying cattle is not an investment. It's just, I don't know, <laughs> a hobby, spending money on something that you don't want or don't need, that you don't need um, because it doesn't generate a, a, a return. And also, you know, hopefully the goal of reinvesting into a ranch is that eventually the ranch can become self-sufficient and self-sustaining so that you don't need to continue to invest off-farm dollars into that business. And, and this is a lot about what the Ranching for Profit School talks about is helping you determine how each enterprise is truly doing financially. It helps you break down enterprise by enterprise and seeing which one has the most profit potential so that you can cut the deadwood, cut the enterprises that are not generating you revenue and focus on the enterprises that are generating you revenue and redirect dollars and equity that you had tied up in, in enterprises that are not generating you revenue and redeploy those into enterprises that are generating a higher return. Say you have $100,000 tied up in a cow-calf herd and $100,000 tied up in a backgrounding business and $100,000 tied up in a haying business. You may look at those three different enterprises and see that the stocker, the, the $100,000 tied up in my backgrounding uh, business is generating a much higher re return than my money tied up in the cow-calf or the haying, in which case you sell the cows, sell the haying business, redeploy all that equity into the stocker business, the backgrounding business, and you've generated a higher return on your total dollars invested in your equity. And you've also probably simplified your life by reducing the workload that you had from managing three different enterprises you've managed to concentrate your your work on one enterprise and allow you to run that business and that enterprise more profitably. So I think being intentional with everything you do with your time and being intentional with everything you do with your dollars is always important, but especially important when you're building a business from scratch because you don't have the uh, massive amounts of equity that a lot of multi-generational businesses have to just live on and to, you know, to... Uh, be able to live on when you're getting that business started. So making sure that every dollar and every minute you spend is, is generating the highest return possible, I think is going to be important. Hopefully that makes sense. I, I'm kind of rambling. I hope it makes sense. But the next question, and it's very tied actually to this first one, is uh, my thoughts on starting a direct marketing enterprise. A lot of times people see that as the option to get started in the business. And uh, I have a direct marketing enterprise, so I can speak to this you know, with some experience as well. And that, first of all, let's say it's, it can be a very good option. Um, the fact is you can generate a tremendous amount of revenue, revenue, uh, direct marketing meat to retail customers. I've had several guests on the podcast who have done that and are finding a lot of success in that. Um, but the one thing I'll say is that a direct marketing business is really its own separate business. Uh, direct marketing in and of itself is not ranching. It's not farming. They can be two complementary businesses and they can, you know, operate side by side and you can run both. But if you want to be in the ranching business, you make sure that you really want to be in the direct marketing business because you may find yourself with just another job, replace your off-farm job that has less risk, steady pay, steady consistent hours. You may just replace it with a, uh, a more stressful, less, less consistent income source higher risk uh, business that, you know, is, is direct marketing. And so if it's not something that you really love, uh, I would, I would consider, I would think very hard ab uh, about uh, doing that before you do it. If, if you're not sure that you love it, um, think about the things, you know, it's fun to think about, yeah, handing a box to a customer and seeing the happiness and the joy. There's some awesome things. I love it. Uh, I love those, those moments, but 
you know, thinking about the call from the customer who has a complaint for whatever reason, and uh, and you got to figure out how you want to deal with that, or thinking about you know the stress of having to book processing dates months or years in advance and have beef lined up months or years in advance um, because and trying to predict what your your demand will be months or years in advance that can be pretty stressful and pretty challenging. Um, those are all part of this business model. Um, thinking about distribution and logistics and um, storage and you know there's a lot of expenses tied up in all of this and a lot of if you start generating you know or investing dollars into this enterprise of direct marketing, um, you're pulling dollars away from your ranch business potentially, which is again what we you know are wanting to get into oftentimes is ranching. Um, so you know making sure that your time and, and money spent doing direct marketing is is you know truly worth it is something to consider. That being said, if if you want to get in the ranch business uh, or in the direct marketing business, I, I think there's a ton of potential. I think that you can make really good money on a reasonable amount of labor and uh, reasonable amount of dollars invested that it can complement a ranch business very well. Um, and so I think that if that's something that you feel you love, you should go for it. In which case, there's a ton of resources out there uh, that people can do. And I can dig into that maybe on another episode someday if that's something people have interest in, is diving more deep on some of these these questions or the specific, you know, how to get started direct marketing. But I guess maybe to start, I would uh, direct you towards some of the experts out there that are doing it. I've had guests on in the past. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember the name now of a person out uh, in Washington, Oregon, perhaps, I, I had on not too long ago, who uh, is moved from California, bought a ranch, <laughs> and just started from scratch with direct marketing and has found success in that. Uh, early on, I had Blaine and Blake Hitsfield on, on two separate episodes, talking a lot about the direct marketing business. They did a fantastic job, and they've done a fantastic job. I've had uh, Rob, uh, Patrick Robinette, I believe, early on the podcast, who's built an awesome direct marketing business. A lot of people who have done this, and a lot of, uh, a lot more wisdom than we do. But if you have more specific questions, you know, we can get into that in a future one. Just reach out. Let me know what you think. So that's kind of question number two. Uh, just be sure that this is something that you want to do because if you think I want to get into ranching and direct marketing is how I'm going to do that, well, direct marketing is not ranching. It is a separate business, a separate enterprise, and should be looked at as such. But if it's something that you think you enjoy and that's something that you want to do, then it can be a big uh, a help to get you building your ranch as well. Um, going down my list, okay, I maybe should have talked about this one first, you know, along with my uh, when I went through the guests. Uh, recommendations, but I get people asking me a lot, what resources do I specifically recommend? Um, The ones that I mentioned on the uh, resource list are obviously big ones. Uh, Many and most of those I have looked into, but one of my favorite books that I had recommended to me, actually, I think it was on the reading list at Ranching for Profit School, is Leadership and Self-Deception. Phenomenal book. Uh, I think everyone and everyone should read rancher whatever you know whatever your inner your uh your your life is it's a book that we all should read um so leadership and self-deception is a phenomenal one the turnaround to rancher story is my favorite ranch business book um so worth it uh worth checking out um and then other ones the thing that i probably learned the most and networked the most at was just finding local field days 
it seems like every state has organizations that puts on these events throughout the summer, throughout the year. Get to all of them that you can. Uh, you'll meet neighbors, you'll meet people that you otherwise never would have met uh, and, and learn from them and just kind of find friends in this business. If we're doing things differently, kind of this herd quitter mindset of, you know, not going with the herd and, and thinking for ourselves and doing things differently, oftentimes it can find ourselves somewhat isolated, uh, lonely, you know, and that can be challenging. But uh, if you go out and you find yourself a group of people at these pasture walks and field days that are thinking the same way and doing things the same way, those are the people that you can call when you have questions that, you know, your local agronomist or whatever may not have an answer for because they don't think like you do. You know, it's, it's just really encouraging and supportive to have that network of people doing things and thinking uh, in a similar manner. So I'd, I'd really recommend checking that out. Um, trying to think of other recommendations that I would recommend. There's a ton of books. I'm looking at my bookshelf here thinking, you know, not even worth recommending them because they're all good and there's so many of them. So I won't get into that. But yeah, those books that I mentioned so far, Ranching for Profit School was valuable. Uh, Doug Ferguson's Sell by Marketing School is very valuable if you uh, want to get into that business. Uh, even if you don't want to do sell by marketing with stock or cattle, there's a lot to learn uh, in that enterprise. Okay, moving back to my other questions. <laughs> I'm wondering if I should wrap this episode up. We're already coming on close to 30 minutes here, and I've got questions that could last me another 30 minutes. Um, I want to ask, you know, reach out. Let me know if this is a format that you enjoy, if this is something that you feel is worth it, or like I mentioned, I'm not an expert. If you say, I never want to hear from you again, let me know. That's fine too. But a couple of the other questions that I, I had been asked about is, uh, how do we utilize crop residue? Uh, can we make livestock grazing work on cropland? And I've had people reach out uh, asking me about the real estate that I'm more looking at investing in as well. It's like rental real estate as opposed to just farmland and livestock. So those are some other topics that I could talk about, but I'll be curious to hear what your thoughts. I'm actually going to try with this episode uh, Anchor.com has a polling feature that I can put a question out on the, the podcast. So if you're listening to this, uh, I think it might only be on Spotify. I'm not sure. If you listen on others, you can check it out. But I'm going to try and put out a poll uh, asking what you think of this format if you like it. Let me know. Uh, I'll be interested to hear your responses. And then feel free to keep sending questions my way. If, if you do enjoy this format and you want me to answer more questions on air like this, you know, maybe send me more questions. I'd be happy to do this again. Again, I'm no expert, but I'm happy to share my humble opinion. So um, thank you all so much again for listening to the Herd Quitter podcast. This is an absolute blast to put together and I'm, I couldn't do it without you. So thanks so much and have a great week. The Herd Quitter podcast is brought to you by Faro Cattle Company. His mission is to help ranchers put more fun and profit into their business. You can get more information on Faro Cattle Company at farocattle.com. And if you enjoy what you've heard on this podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Herd Quitter Podcast or at herdquitterpodcast.com.